Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast. And if you are watching on YouTube, I just want to say thank you for watching. If you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, I want to say thank you for listening. And either way, however you're watching, I appreciate you. I thank you for listening. I thank you for tuning in. Hopefully the things that I say to you are of some value and help you in some sort of way. And today's episode is one that's uh, reminding me of a question that I was asked when I was growing up, mainly by my mom or a family member that says, boy, are you ready to meet your maker? And the answer was always no in my heart, although I never responded. Uh, I would just usually do whatever they were asking me to do at that point because I knew it had gotten a little bit serious. So instead of meeting my maker, I I buckled down and did whatever they said do. So I have this thought in my head today with what we're doing as far as many of you have been asked that question, if you're ready to meet your maker, or uh, maybe you've heard something like, boy, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. And that means that you will stand before Jesus, and then sometimes you may say, are you ready to meet Jesus today? Uh, A lot of tongue-in-cheek things that are said like that sometimes, which has me thinking uh, in, in in a wave of this episode. And then on, in another wave, I'm thinking of an old song that says, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And that is so true that I think that if you ask anybody if they want to go to heaven, everybody would probably say yes, uh, if not most folks at least. Uh, and many people, if not everybody, would say, but I don't want to die. Ultimately, we are going to die and we are going to face judgment. Hebrews 9.27 is clear on this, that it's appointed for man to die once, and after this, judgment. So we will indeed one day stand before our Maker. We will one day stand before Christ. We will one day go out of this world, so to speak, as our parents and your parents may have said, I've brought you into this world, I can take you out. Uh, We've heard all of those sayings. And it got me to thinking, and I started to think about seeing the Lord. And there's a passage of Scripture that says, without a certain thing, nobody can see the Lord. And we're going to talk about that certain thing, but that one thing goes along with a couple of other things that I think it's important that we talk about, and especially in the church, because all three of the things that we're going to talk about briefly on this episode of the podcast have to be present in the life of a believer for a believer to be a true believer. If you are saved, these three things are a part of who you are. Without them, you are not saved and you will never see the Lord. So the title of this podcast episode is, Do You Want to See the Lord? And the question is, do you want to see the Lord? But the answer is, most of you are going to say yes, but there are some things that have to be happening and have happened in your life to be able to see the Lord. And we're going to get into this particular scripture here in just a second, but I want to talk about those three things briefly uh, 
And those three things being justification, sanctification, and holiness. Without those things in your life, if those things aren't present, if those things are not there, then you are not saved and you will stand before the Lord and he will say, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness, for I never knew you. So it's important that we understand justification, sanctification, and holy holiness. And on this podcast, uh, we can go deeper and deeper as we want over the next several weeks or whatever, but I really want you to start thinking about justification, sanctification, and holiness, because these things matter in the life of a believer. So, Again, without these things, you're not saved, and you will not be with the Lord for eternity. I think it is important for us to think through these things, for you to think through these things. So I'm going to kind of bring forth um, just a a small taste of these things today, but I want to encourage you to go back and study through justification and study through sanctification and look at holiness. Is that something you're pursuing in your life? And I want you to really examine yourself when it comes to these things to make sure that you are truly in the faith. It is R.C. Sproul that I heard say that many people will profess faith in Christ but not truly possess faith in Christ. There's a difference in professing, a difference in professing and possessing faith. So I want you to take what we say today briefly on this episode and then be able to study these things out deeper and then find out if you are indeed truly in the faith and you truly possess faith. So let's think about justification. And in its simplest form, justification is the process of being declared not guilty. So when you are regenerated or you have the new birth, you're born again, you are also justified. So when you repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are justified, which means you are declared not guilty and given the righteousness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21, we call this the great exchange. Christ takes on all of our sin and our filth. And when we repent of our sins and put our faith in Christ, then he gives us his righteousness. So that is a beautiful exchange that we've briefly talked about before. And God declares you not guilty. Now, the truth is, many pulpits across the world fail to preach on one key thing that everybody needs to hear about every Sunday. And this is not something that's going to be particularly uh, popular or well-liked in the church, but it's something that is very important, especially when we think about justification and what it is we are being declared not guilty of or for. So let's think about this. And, And pulpits all across the world, many of them fail to teach on sin. Sin is uncomfortable. I get it. The Bible is very good at filleting us and opening us and and, and ripping us apart and exposing us for who we really are and showing us our sin. The Bible is clear that because of one man's sin, sin and death spread to all men. So every one of us are sinners by nature. At our birth, we are sinful people. We do things that are offensive to a holy and perfect God. I just taught through Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and in that passage, Jesus tells the disciple or tells Peter to drop his nets on both sides of the boat, and they, they pull in a catch after they've toiled all night long and caught nothing. Uh, I mean, the nets are weighing down so heavily, and the boats are starting to sink, 
And Peter does something. He grabs Jesus' knees and says, depart from me. I'm not worthy, basically, is what he's saying, because Peter has recognized his depravity in this moment, and he's recognized the holiness and perfection of Jesus. Now, we need to understand who we are as well. We are sinful people by nature. At our very birth, physically, we enter into this world as sinful people. We are affected by the curse. We are affected by the fall. We enter this world fallen human beings, and there's only one thing that can reconcile us to God because one sin it, it, it separates us from God. We are at war with God. We are hostile with God. Romans chapter 3 says that we don't even seek after God. It's nothing that we even want to be a part of. We don't care about God. We don't care about the church. We don't care about the things of God or, the, or His Word. Now, we find people in the church that say they do, but again, there's a difference in professing and possessing, and when you truly understand regeneration, justification, sanctification, and holiness, you will then truly understand whether or not you are saved. I heard a story just today that uh, one of our church members had a gospel conversation with someone else, and they simply asked the question, how were you saved? And this person could not answer how they were saved, but they professed to be a Christian. And because this person could not articulate the gospel and how they were saved, it ended up with the person in our church lovingly saying that, I don't believe you're saved. This is how you're truly saved. And it caused conflict. It caused anger. See, when we truly teach sin, when we truly teach that we are offending a holy and perfect God, and there is no way that we can enter into his presence except through the shed blood of Christ, then we just have people that profess without possessing. And that's really going to frustrate people when we start teaching the truth of sin and even their sin. So when we teach about this sin that we are all guilty of, we have to understand that one sin has caused us to break every single law. If we've broken one law, we've broken them all. We stand guilty before God. We have offended him. We have cast our insults. We have stepped over bloodstained cross to do what we want to do to, to live the way we want to live. We stand condemned. We stand destined for hell. We deserve hell because we have sinned against a holy and perfect God. But the Bible is clear. When we repent of our sin and we confess Jesus as Lord, we receive a new birth. And in that comes justification where God says, all right, you were guilty, but now through my son Jesus, you are not guilty. And when God looks at his people, he does not see our sin and who we used to be, but he sees the righteousness of his son. And that is amazing. That is worth celebrating. So justification has to have happened in your life for you to truly be saved. Now, let me say this. You are never any more justified than you are on the day that you were originally justified. In other words, justification is a one-time thing that happens in your life. And it is that moment where you're declared not guilty that you have been given the righteousness of Christ, that happens once. Now, from that, this is where sanctification comes in. Sanctification is this process of becoming more like Christ. Romans 8, 28 teaches us this, that we are to become like Christ. Basically, we are to give God glory, 
And even through everything in our life as believers, we are being molded and shaped into the image of Christ, and that is sanctification, becoming holy. But you see, if you don't have this sanctification in your life, if you can't look back on the day that you were saved and say, I am much different now than I was that day, I have new desires, I have new affections, I have a want to really study God's word, to read God's word. I really want to gather at the church with the saints. I really want to have a good prayer life. I really want to cast off this burden of sin that I so uh, desperately want to see go away. I wrestle with sin. If your desires have not changed from the day that you say you were saved, then you are not saved and you were never truly justified. That is why this is important that we teach justification, sanctification, and holiness. Because sanctification could also be said that a process of becoming holy or like Christ. And in this sanctification, we need to be pursuing holiness. So if there is not in you a desire to pursue holiness, then again, I would say that you are not being sanctified and again saying that you have never been justified. So justification happens once and from that, sanctification begins to take place. We have what we call a three-part sanctification. We have a positional sanctification, which is being set apart or called out and, and marked as holy or, or righteous in the sight of God, not in our own right, uh, but in the sight of God. We are declared righteous. We are declared His. We are declared not guilty. We are positionally removed from the, the, the wrath of God because we believe that Jesus took on that wrath on behalf of all believers so we don't have to. So we have removed been removed out from under God's wrath. Now we are positionally sanctified. And then as we become more more like Christ, that is what we call a progressive sanctification. But in that, in sanctification, we believe, or I believe, that the Holy Spirit is the one that sanctifies, but we also have some work to do on our own, because we all have choices that we make. We all give in to sin. We all give in to obedience to the Scripture. It's kind of that fight that Paul talks about in Galatians 5, where we are at war with the Spirit and the flesh. It just goes, it butts heads. It goes uh, head to head with one another. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, we read in the scriptures. So we have the responsibility as men and women that are have been justified and, and been born again to be obedient to the scriptures. We can't just sit back and expect the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, although the Holy Spirit very well could do that because God can do anything, but I believe that we read in Scripture, and I believe the Scripture teaches that we are to do some things as well to have this progressive sanctification. Anytime that we are giving in to sin instead of obedience to the Word, we are regressing in our sanctification or sitting still in our sanctification. I'm from the South, so I like to say that if we never, if we buy a, 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 a carton of milk and we leave that milk in the refrigerator way past its expiration date, that milk is going to run because, again, I'm from the South, it's runt milk. It's going to run because we never do anything. It's, we don't do anything with it. We just sit there and it goes bad. So if we sit there and we don't move forward in our walk with Christ, then we will just not be of any value to the kingdom or to anyone else. So we must be daily reading our Bibles, being 
obedient in studying the scriptures, and then obedient in applying the scriptures to our life and serving Christ and serving others. And in that, that is when the Holy Spirit is going to progressively sanctify us, making us more like Christ. And I firmly believe that many of us, we struggle with depression in our society. We struggle with unhappiness, and everybody wants to be happy, right? But I firmly believe this, that if we are striving for holiness, if we want to if we are striving to be like Christ, if we are striving for holiness in our life, then I think it is linked to happiness. Happiness is only linked to holiness. Listen to me carefully. I don't believe that happiness is linked to material possessions, although it could make us happy for maybe um, just a, a little bit of time. I believe lasting quality happiness is tied to personal holiness. Think about this in your life. When you neglect the scriptures, when you neglect God, when you neglect Christ, and you do things on your own accord, you give in to serve yourself, you gratify the desires of the flesh when you sin, that may bring you a momentary happiness or a pleasure for a moment, but a life of sin is going to be a life of sadness, depression, and everything is going to be... Uh, just feels like it's caving in on you because you're doing the opposite of what God has called you to do as a believer. But when you are submissive to the scriptures, when you are walking in obedience to the text and you are giving God glory, exalting Christ and building one another up, then there is a level of happiness that goes along with that. We're going to be far more happier when we are being obedient to Christ than when we are not. And I think that a lot of people's depression can be linked to the way they're walking as a believer. Now, I do believe this, and I will say this as just a side note, just because I mentioned the word depression. I do believe that there are times where people need medicine. I believe the brain is an organ just like any other organ in our body, and if it's messed up or off balance or something's wrong with it, medicine will take care of that issue. So there are times where medicine is needed, but I think a lot of our sadness and our depression comes from not being obedient to the scriptures and following Christ and pursuing personal holiness. Holiness is very important when we look at the book of Hebrews because the writer of Hebrews says that if we do not possess holiness, we will not see the Lord. So the title of this episode is, Do You Want to See the Lord? And the, the answer to that is, Yes, I do, but I would want to tell you that if you don't have holiness, then you will not see the Lord. Let me just read this to you from Hebrews chapter 4, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. The word says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. This is very straightforward and clear. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. It's right there in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Let me read it again for those that are listening while you're driving or working out or whatever you may be doing. Uh, maybe I've put you to sleep by now. Maybe this will wake you up, God's word. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see 
the Lord. So it's clear here from the writer of Hebrews that without holiness, you will not see the Lord. So it is important for us to understand that these things that we have mentioned here already, justification, sanctification, and holiness are very important in the life of a believer. If you do not have those things, you are not a believer and will not see the Lord or at least live with him for eternity. Again, it is appointed for man to live or to die once and after this judgment. We will stand before the Lord. We'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me, you worker of lawlessness, for I never knew you. So I want every one of you to be able to stand before the Lord and have possessed that holiness on this side of eternity so that when you stand before Christ, you will hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, that is very weighty words coming from the writer of Hebrews that if you don't have holiness, you do not and will not see the Lord. So I want to encourage you to examine yourself. The Bible teaches us, Paul teaches us, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. You need to examine yourself in Baptist fashion. I'll say it this way. You need to know that you know that you know that you're saved. You need to have 100% knocking it out of the park. You know that you are saved. You've been redeemed. That when you leave this earth, you will spend eternity in heaven. And you will spend an eternity with Christ in worship and, and just giving him the utmost glory. So with that in mind, if you are a true believer, we should be striving for eternity now. We should be living for eternity now, which means that we should daily be putting off the weight of sin and be pursuing the holiness we need to be able to see the Lord. So how can a man that is unholy live in holiness on the other side in eternity? Because there's, it's perfect. When we die, when we leave this earth, if we were to spend eternity in heaven with Christ it is perfect there. There is no sin. There's no sorrow. There's no sickness, no death. So if we are not becoming holy on this side of eternity, how can a man ever stand or woman ever stand in perfect holiness on the other side? That's why it is important to strive for personal holiness, to keep our minds set, focused on Christ and the things of God and not on the things of this world. Because if we focus on things of this world, we will find ourselves drifting off into sin. And when we drift off into sin, we regress in our sanctification and are not producing or pursuing holiness. But when we keep our eyes focused on the things of God, when we stay in the word, when we stay in prayer, when we stay obedient to the scriptures, we will find ourselves being progressively sanctified, pursuing personal holiness, putting off the things of the world, and becoming like Christ, which is needed on the day that we die and spend eternity there. So if, if a man or a woman is never becoming holy, then that is a problem. Because an unholy person can't stand in perfection where there is perfect holiness. And if you are not becoming holy, there is an issue. And I would dare say that issue is going to be that you are not truly saved because I believe the Spirit works in the life of a believer, bringing them those new desires and those new affections. And although sinful, we are still, as believers, seeking to do the will of God. 
and to submit ourselves to him. Now, you may be thinking, well, what if a, a person has just been saved? Maybe they've been saved a week and then they die. That person is not truly holy yet, so how can that person stand in perfected holiness? That's a good question, and I will say it this way, that just because somebody is growing in grace and holiness early on, maybe, they're, uh, maybe they've been a Christian for 10 years and just now being discipled and taught the right things from the Word, maybe they're just now learning uh, how to truly pursue holiness daily, Instead of uh, just trying to figure it out on their own, maybe they got some help now. Maybe it's a brand new Christian, then they then they die. I believe that when you become a Christian, you are set apart. Remember, we are positionally sanctified. We are removed. We are called out. So even day one from a, as a believer, we should already have new affections, desires, and starting to pursue that holiness in our lives. So we are holy when we are born again, and we pursue that holiness until we die or Jesus comes back. So we are still sinner and saint, which means we are holy men and women of God, but not holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. That comes in the third part of sanctification, which is glorification. That is a glorified body, this, this finished sanctification right, where we stand perfected with Christ in glory, and this will all come to an end. So we are always pursuing holiness as a true believer. That's why I want to encourage you to examine yourself, because you should be producing some sort of holiness in your life, some sort of fruit that shows yourself and others that you are truly a believer. I had this conversation with my kids recently. Uh, when we sat around the living room and opened the scriptures, I looked at, I, I'm actually reading uh, Stephen Nichols' book, R.C. Sproul, A Life. So it's basically writing about R.C. Sproul and telling all about his life. And in that was his conversion story. And many of you may have heard this, but he says that he's probably the only person in church history to ever be saved as a result of the verse that got his attention, that God used to get his attention. And let me just share that with you real quick. It's Ephesians, uh, excuse me, Ecclesiastes 11.3b, the second part of that, which says, And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. R.C. Uh, R.C.'s heart was open to realize that his life, his soul was like that tree. It was just going to rot which led me to telling my kids this story about R.C.'s conversion and using this verse to lead them into Psalm 1 and telling them that a true believer will produce fruit, and this fruit comes as a result of holiness in their life and pursuing holiness. So it is important that as a believer, if you are saved, then you will produce fruit of a Christian. You can look at that in Galatians chapter 5 to get a good start on what that should look like. Patience, love, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. You see that there in Galatians 5, so go there and study through that. Study through justification is by faith alone. Study through sanctification. Study through holiness and what that looks like. And I want to challenge you to just reflect. Do you truly possess faith? Are you truly pursuing holiness? Because without it, again, Hebrews 12, 14, no one will see the Lord. 
I hope that you are truly saved. If not, I pray that you would repent of your sin. That is simply acknowledging that you have sinned against a holy and perfect God, that you are confessing that sin to God, asking Him to forgive you. You're turning from that sin, and you place your faith in Jesus Christ alone. You confess Him as Lord and Savior. You believe that He came and He died, was buried, and rose again. And on the third day, he arose again on the third day, excuse me, but one day he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. You believe that in your heart and confess that with your mouth, and Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that you will be saved. So I pray that you would examine yourself, think about that holiness, think about if you profess Christ, think about who you once were and who you are now. Is there a difference? Do you have new affections, new desires, new loves, new things that you seek after instead of things of the world, and make sure that you are pursuing holiness, that you truly are a Christian because it matters. I want to see all my listeners in heaven one day, and I want you to repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ if you are not saved. And I pray that all of you will one day have that holiness that the Bible talks about it, because without it, you will not see the Lord. I hope this has been encouraging for you. I hope this has been a starter and get your mind thinking and your heart flowing and looking into these things and examining yourself. Uh, if I can be of any help to you, please reach out. Leave a comment on YouTube. You can email the show at doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com, and I will get in touch with you. I'll respond to you. You can leave a comment on Facebook. Wherever you find this, just reach out to us, and uh, I will make sure that you have someone to talk to myself and, uh, if need be, others. But we want to see everyone come to faith in Christ that, that hears the gospel. And we leave that up to the Lord uh, of who is going to respond in repentance and faith. But if you want to know more, please reach out. And I hope this has been of help to everyone. I hope it's been encouragement. Uh, leave some comments. Leave some rebukes if need be. Uh, but I'd love to hear from the listeners. I always love when we hear from somebody that's listening. I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And I pray that you have a great rest of your day, whatever day you're listening to this, or rest of your night, if it's nighttime. And until next time, God bless.